This episode is the 11th in a series of 100 on portfolio management. So let's pick up where we left off. One basic assumption of portfolio theory is that investors want to maximize returns from their investments for a given risk level. This presumption, in turn, assumes two things. First, one's portfolio should include all of her or his assets and liabilities, not just stocks or marketable securities. Second, the theory assumes that investors are risk-averse. Um, in other words, if an investor is given a choice between two assets with equal return rates, she or he will select the asset with the lower risk level. Uh, business school professors first began quantifying risk variables in the 1960s. More specifically, UC San Diego economist Harry Markowitz uh, quantified the concept and demonstrated that the variance of return rates was a meaningful measure of portfolio risk given certain assumptions. Markowitz also derived an equation from computing variance in a portfolio. The Markowitz model underscored the importance of diversification to reduce portfolio risk and showed investors um, how to effectively diversify their investments. The Markowitz model assumes at least five things. First, the model presumes that investors consider each investment alternative as being represented by a probability distribution of expected returns over some holding period. Second, the model assumes that investors estimate portfolio risk on the basis of the variability of expected returns. Third, the Markowitz, uh, sorry, Markowitz uh, took for granted that investors uh, maximize one period um, expected utility, and that their utility curves demonstrate diminishing marginal utility of wealth. Fourth, the model assumes that investors make decisions based solely um, on expected returns and risk. And finally, Markowitz assumed again that for any given risk level, investors prefer higher returns to lower returns. It is important, however, to walk away from all of this from all this abstract of discussion with a concrete ability to quantify risk. Uh, these equations were covered previously in this podcast, but we'll, we'll mention them again. So your variance, or your lowercase sigma squared, is going to be equal to uppercase sigma, uh, open parentheses, probability, close parentheses, uh, times, open parentheses, possible return, minus expected return, close parentheses, squared. And your standard deviation is equal to your open parentheses, uh, uppercase sigma sign, open parentheses, probability, close parentheses, times, open parentheses, possible return, minus, expected return, close parentheses, squared, close parentheses, to the power of 0.5, or just square root um, the prior term. One of the best-known measures of risk is the variance or standard deviation of expected returns. This is a statistical measure of the dispersion of returns around the expected value. A large variance or standard deviation indicates greater dispersion and vice versa. The theory here is that the more dispersed the expected returns are, the greater the uncertainty of the future returns. The expected return rate for a portfolio is computed with this equation. So the expected rate of return for your portfolio is equal to sigma sine, uh, open parentheses, the percent of the portfolio in asset A, close parentheses, the expected return for asset A, uh, close parentheses, so, I'm sorry, oh, sigma sine, Uppercase sigma sign, open parentheses, the percent of the portfolio in asset A, close parentheses, open parentheses, the expected rate of return for asset A, close parentheses, and then you just continue that on uh, for every single asset in the portfolio, and that's signified um, with various subscripts, B, C, D, E, etc. Uh, portfolio managers also use a third statistical measure, covariance, rather frequently. Covariance is a measure of the degree to which two variables move together relative to their individual mean values over time. 
A positive covariance means that the rates of return for two investments tend to move in the same direction relative to their individual means during the same time period. By way of contrast, a negative covariance indicates that the return rates for two investments move in different directions relative to their means during specified intervals over time. The magnitude of the covariance depends on the variances of the individual return series and relationship between the series. So for two assets, A and B, the return rate covariance is defined as, and this is the equation, covariance for assets A and B is equal to sigma sine, open parentheses, probability of X outcome, close parentheses, um, open parentheses, open parentheses, return rate for asset A, minus expected return rate for asset A, close parentheses, multiplied by open parentheses, return rate for asset B, minus expected return rate for asset B, close parentheses, close parentheses. If the return rates for one stock are above uh, its mean return rate during a given period, and the return rates for the other stock are also above its mean return rate, the product of these deviations is positive. If this happens consistently, the covariance of returns between the two stocks will be some large positive value. On the other hand, if the return rate for one of the securities is above its mean return while the return on the other securities is below its mean return, the probability will be negative. Covariance measures can be standardized with this equation. So the correlation co coefficient of returns is equal to upper parentheses covariance for assets A and B, close parentheses, divided by upper parentheses, upper parentheses, standard deviation of stock A, close parentheses, upper parentheses, standard deviation of stock B, close parentheses, close parentheses. The value here can range from negative 1 to positive 1. A value of positive 1 indicates a perfect linear relationship between stocks A and B, meaning that the returns for the two equities move together in a completely linear manner. A value of negative 1, by way of contrast, indicates a negative relationship between the two um, return series such that one stock, the, such a, the stock's um, rate of return is below mean, the other um, rate of return will be above mean. And now that all of these preliminaries have been covered, uh, we can calculate the standard deviation of the portfolio. And this is the last thing I'm going to give you. So the standard deviation of the portfolio is equal to open parentheses, uppercase sigma sign, open parentheses, weights of the individual assets in the portfolio, close parentheses, squared, open parentheses, variance of return rates for the assets, close parentheses, plus sigma, uppercase sigma, uppercase sigma, open parentheses, weight of asset A, close parentheses, uh, Open parentheses, weight of asset B, close parentheses, uh, open parentheses, covariance between return rates for asset A and B, uh, close parentheses, close parentheses, to the power of 0 0.5. And that concludes this short session, which is the 11th of 100 on portfolio management.